I left the city, I've been browsing. Treading water that they drowning. My head on the swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. episode 11 of smash or pass today's podcast we're going to talk about second year standout so we're really excited to kind of start breaking things down and see where things are at but without further ado we're going to turn things over to fantasy nerd boy how you doing tonight i'm doing well yeah i'm excited for this time of the year it's really good to be a boston fan right now because we got the bruins in the playoffs we got the celtics in the playoffs we have the giraffe coming up in less than two weeks um, so it's pretty exciting. You know, it's like Christmas every morning. I'm always excited to wake up and, you know, wait for that draft day to happen. And, you know, excited to have a game to watch every night, too. So hopefully my Sixers move on so my Sixers can play your Celtics way. Get a little bit of a rivalry going there because, man, that's, yeah. that's going to be a heck of a series. But Snoop, know, hey, welcome to Smash or Pass. You know, we had you on Smash Accept. Now welcome to Smash or Pass. How you doing tonight? We're doing good, and you know I love this 2022 class, so it's good to kick back to it. It feels like just yesterday I was watching Garrett Wilson walk up on the big screen and get drafted by the Jets, even though I was very disappointed by the Jets taking him. But I'm excited to see my boy Jackson get drafted in like nine days now. So very big news, very big day coming up, big Thursday night. It's been crazy, man. I mean, you see all the different scenarios of now you see that you know, it looks like Bryce Young's going to be the one. And then two, there's all kinds of different trade scenarios. The The leader in uh, you know Vegas bets right now is Will Levis going to. It's just like everything's going to shake up. Everything's on the table. I think the new NFL is just like with trade deadlines. I mean, everything's everything could happen. You know, like that's just what what is awesome to me is like. 10 years ago, it was pretty chalk. You know, it was like, this is how it's going to go, and we're not going to see too many trades. Lately, we've been seeing a lot more in-draft trades, and that's that's the exciting part. But without further ado, let's move into, we're going to kind of redo the 22 class, and then at the end, do a little mock and, and just see where guys are at. Last year, the 101, you know, it at a certain point became obvious it was Brees Hall. Brees Hall now... You know, we're we're hearing solid talk about he will be ready day one. We've been kind of saying that on the podcast for a while. You look at what he did in 2022, 80 attempts for 463 yards, 19 receptions, 218 yards. This was a guy that second in the league in breakaway run rate, third in yards created. Nerd boy, this is an absolute stud that, you know, I believe we both have as our dynasty RB2. And I can't. I still can't believe I get a lot of flack about it or people say, why don't you have Walker over him? Why don't you have Jonathan Taylor over him? And I'm like, Brees Hall is him. This is the guy that I want on all my dynasty teams. Yeah, we've always said that. I think even on the pod on the earlier days of last year, um, which feels like, you know, 10 years ago, but we were talking about trading guys like Najee and um, Swift, you know, people that were considered second round, first round picks last year for Brees plus. And I'm screaming that from the, from the treetops. I was like, you've got to go get Brees plus for these guys because he's going to easily, you know, exceed the value of them uh, by the, that this time next year. Um, and we're not so far off there, but I think there's a lot of elitist running back guys that still think Jonathan Taylor is the RB one or, you know, CMC is the RB one and, um, I think that redraft mentality is strong with a lot of guys. So I do see a lot of people on Twitter that combat that a little bit. Um, but Brees is the unquestioned too. Um, I, I think you can make a case for one, depending on where Bijan lands, even though I know he's, he's landing proof, like, you know, it doesn't matter where he goes. Um, but there is some spots that I would not want to see him. I don't want to see him on my Patriots for one. Um, so there's there's some teams I think Brees could jump Bijan if if you know he lands on maybe two or three different teams. But you know that's we're not going to talk about that because that's yeah, not I mean, juju. I think healthy Brees Hall challenges Bijan for that one spot because he was you know we saw what he was able to do in what a six week window and he looked phenomenal. He looked like that dynasty RB one and you know I think what what you were saying and to your point is like. 
the running back position is so volatile, you can't get stuck on one guy. So if you can insulate, like we talked about last year, where we were moving from Brees to Naj- or from Najee to Brees Plus, if you can get, I- I've seen a scenario where you know I think you could get a 24 first on top of Brees if you throw back a 24 second for Bijan, and I think you're going to get very similar production over the next couple of years. Um, Snoog, right now, I mean. You, you see it everywhere. People are kind of worried about the injury bug. You know, they talk about Javante Williams. They talk about Brees Hall. Brees Hall's was just a plain ACL tear. Looks like he's going to be ready. Do you also have him as your RB2? And are you worried at all about the ACL tear? Yeah, so he looks like he's ready to go, like you said. Um, all good reports, all good feedback based on his post-surgery and stuff. He was my RB2 before the injury. He's now my RB3 I have him kind of side by side with JT, but I just think he has so much more upside than Jonathan Taylor because he is a three down back. He can catch 50 plus passes, no mm-hmm. problem at all. And he's also was on the borderline of generational talent for me as a running back. Um, I was super high on Travis Etienne coming out. We got guys like Saquon, Bijan, Brees Hall is right with those guys. And if not, it hurts me to say, but he's probably better than Travis Etienne coming out as a prospect. He holds the single or he holds the most consecutive touchdowns scored by an NCAA player with like 24 straight. Um, He did that through his career at Iowa state and they were nothing without Priest Hall. He literally carried them and he was one of six uh, running backs coming out to get a 99 grade by next gen stats, which is he was with like Melvin Gordon, Saquon guys like that, Travis Etienne, Najee Harris. So he was with an elite group of guys. So, I'm not worried about the ACL tear, and I'm honestly fine putting them as my RB2 over JT. It's Brees, JT, and uh, Bijan. Those are my top three guys. No problem. And if he sees Aaron Rodgers coming as a Jet, he's going to get so much red zone opportunity, and he could be an easy 10-plus touchdown score and hit a 50-plus reception upside, which will put him at very close to the RB1 overall. So smash Brees Hall all day. Yeah, and I'm looking at like Mike Clay's projection, and he has him at 184, you know, carries for 815 yards. Feels like he's not quite there yet of believing that he's going to be playing day one. I believe he is. I'm all in for him. And the worst case scenario is, especially if you're a rebuilding team, you know, you might you know, miss a game or two. I firmly believe that he's going to be there day one. No questions asked. And this is the guy. The next one I just did a thread on. A lot of people had, you know, I had him as my 102. A lot of other people did because of the, the wide receiver tier. Kenneth Walker. You know, Kenneth Walker last year, 10th in carries at 228, 12th in yards at 1,058, 10th in touchdowns, second in, would you look at, he's absolutely explosive. I mean, second in 10 plus, or 20 yard, sorry, 20 yard runs. He had 10, which is second in the league. He is that guy for me that I'm trying to buy everywhere. Um, Snoop, what's the the value that you've seen on, on Kenneth Walker in trades lately and are, how high up do you have him in your dynasty rankings? Yeah, I actually think people are crazy high on him. I've been seeing him going as like the RB two, three ish in dynasty and I'm not there on him. I'm more him like six, five, six ish. I actually have him behind Travis ETN because I think ETN's a much better pass catcher. And I think he's just as good of an athlete and he's just as explosive as Kenneth Walker. And he's in a better situation, in my opinion. I I'm, just glad you, I'm glad you brought up ETN because I know I was talking with JCJ Dynasty, same kind of thing. He he saw my thread on Walker and he's like, I kind of have ETN above. Nerd boy, I mean, there's ETN was a guy we were pounding the table for last year for a breakout. Mm-hmm. Walker is right now going you know, ahead of ETN. How close do you have those two in value? And if you're in a startup right now, which one are you taking? Uh, I'm I'm also going ETN um, out of those two guys because of the, what Snoog said that pass catching ability in PPR formats, which is the only format I play in, um, is going to be a, a giant advantage. I think, um, especially with that that offense that is just, you know, it's growing. It's mm-hmm. it's becoming a monster. I can only see that um, get a little stronger this year with, you know. Um, the d- development of that quarterback play and, and you know, um, Ridley coming in into there and stuff like that. So I think there would be a lot more opportunity for scoring. Um, but I, I think it's – you're pulling, you know, straws right now as far as, you know, RB2 mm-hmm. to RB4. Um, the ceiling is pretty much very similar. I mean, I think floor is not too far off either. Yeah, I think with, with Walker, I mean, everyone looks at – 
they said the, you know, the knock on him was he didn't catch a lot of passes in college. He did catch 27. You know, and if you look at what he took over from week six on, he was that RB8. I look at it a lot like Josh Jacobs early in his career where he just wasn't being utilized in that sense. Like, great pure runner, but wasn't necessarily utilized from the pot where Jacobs, 27 receptions year one, up to 45 year two. If he can get to 45 receptions, that puts him firmly in that top five to six range. And I think I think that's a feasible thing there. And Snoog, I mean, to your point, obviously ETN, the, the sky's the limit. I mean, he has a potential to possibly move into that, that big tier uh, of our, our ballers there. What are you willing to pay right now on ETN? Because I'm seeing him go in that same range as that 104 to 105, and then you're giving up either JSN or Gibbs. Are you willing to give up those players? Is that a smash or pass for you for the picks? I'm taking ETN over Gibbs. So whatever Gibbs is being Ooh, valued did at. You, did he say that? Did you yeah. hear? That's your boy. That, that took a lot took, took a lot out of me to say, but I'm definitely taking him over Gibbs. Unless Gibbs goes to like Kansas City in the first round. All right. Then then we got to address, you know, but based now coming out as prospects, I definitely lean ETN and I'm definitely going to take JSN over Travis ETN, which is also hard to say, but these are all my guys. So I I think Travis ETN should be valued somewhere around the 105-ish in super flex formats. Kind of want to take him over Richardson, but I don't because Richardson just has such a high ceiling. But I think, like you said, ETN has that type of ceiling where, boom, next year he could be valued early second, maybe even uh, late first round um, startup pick. As soon as he just hits that 50-plus ceiling upside with the receiving game, he could be an RB1 all day and finish as a top five guy next year. And I have him finishing as a top five guy next year, so. Nerd boy, he comes to you and he says, hey, I got the 105. Is that a smash or pass for you? You're taking 105 or you're taking ETN? I I think I will take 105 because I do want JSN there. Um, I think I have him similar to Snoog where I would take JSN over ETN, but I would take ETN over Gibbs. So that's that's where I'm at. He would be... You know, I don't know if there's a, a sure shot of getting JSN at 105, but um, assuming that those three quarterbacks still go one, two, three, uh, I would probably take the 105. Sounds like all three of us are in that buy ETN scenario right now. I mean, we're looking at he had over a thousand yards rushing. He he looked the part, and I, I think we're still getting a discount for no apparent reason. You know, like go out there and and. <laughs> kick the tires with the Travis Etienne owner. Let's move to our three. So in most drafts, this is where it started to get a little bit tricky. You know, some of them were here or there. My my three, I think that Nerdboy, this was, we, we all debated between Burks, London, Wilson. Alave wasn't in the picture at the 103, but right now it's firmly Garrett Wilson. We've all kind of talked about him, but Nerdboy, you and I have almost started like a statue of Garrett Wilson in here. How close is Wilson, London, and Olave? Because these are our next three guys. Like, how close have they become? There's a lot of debate in the Patreon, in Twitter, of like, what can you get on top of each other? You know, like, I think for me right now, I have Wilson one, Olave two, London three. I feel like the biggest gap is between London and, or Olave and London, not Wilson and Olave. So let, let's break down all three of these guys. Yeah. So I have Wilson in his own tier. And then I have London and Olave slightly above that or below that. Um, so it is tough for me to put a price tag on going from London to Wilson. We actually talked about this not too long ago. I think it was a couple of days ago. We're mm-hmm. at a trade of London and the 207, I think, for Wilson. And it still didn't feel like enough. Um, so I think – like you said, the London and Olave gap is so much smaller where I think I would take any plus on either side. Which I don't think you're going to get a plus on Olave for London currently, um, but that is kind of how I feel where there's not a lot of separation between those two. But mm-hmm. between London and Wilson, I would probably need like a very early second and then Olave and Wilson, I would probably – need like a mid to late second to go to Wilson yeah. or to get, a, I'm, I'm to right on board with that. Any 24 second or mid 24, 23 second, I would definitely move from Wilson to Alave. I, I do feel like there's probably a 110 to 112 gap 
you know, to make me feel really comfortable to tell sell Wilson to get London. And I think a lot of people are going to be on that side. And this is how this is why we love talking about you know market values here because if you can if you're a London believer and you feel like you can get a 24 first or a 110 range on top of him, especially with some of the guys we're seeing Downs and and Flowers and guys like that fall into that 110 to 112. Snook. Chime in there on that that value assessment because I'm on the same team there as Nerd Boy. I think it's it's Wilson and Alave are a lot closer than what people want to admit, and then London's just a little bit off there. Yeah, absolutely. I had all three of these guys coming out as elite prospects. They were actually Garrett Wilson was my 102, Drake London 103, and then I had Chris Olave 105 over Kenneth Walker, and I also had Burks over Olave for a little bit. I switched that right at, towards the end of the summer. But I was super high on these three guys coming out, and these are my dogs. Garrett Wilson is in his own tier for sure, and I think it's pretty obvious that he's most likely going to be getting Aaron Rodgers. People try to say Aaron Rodgers isn't the same Aaron Rodgers as he was. doesn't matter. He's, he's going to be hungry. If he goes to the Jets, he's going to be hungry. He's going to feed my boy 150 <laughs> targets, and he's going to score 10-plus touchdowns, so he's in his own tier. But I have Olave slightly above London because he has Carr, Carr, is known for peppering his number one wide receiver with targets. Mm-hmm. Olave is going to have a really big production jump this year. I don't think London is going to get there just yet unless they make a move for Lamar or trade up for CJ Stroud, which I recommend that they should do. Um, but and, the, and the case to buy, is that the Falcon? <laughs> the case yeah. to buy Drake London, though, is there because you're either yeah, going to get Desmond Ritter's going to play well enough that he becomes their franchise quarterback, highly unlikely. Or they're in, gonna fall into a situation where they're in the bottom and they get another shot at a at a big time quarterback. You know, and yeah, exactly. I would love to see them trade up. I mean, I see same thing with the Colts is like them trading up to get C.J. Stroud if Bryce Young goes one and Pittman goes up. I mean, there's gonna be so many values that we're gonna be have to update. But you look yeah. at Garrett Wilson breaking the franchise rookie record, 1,100 receiving yards, 83 receptions as a rookie, and you you inject Aaron Rodgers. I mean, what you were able to see with Mike White, who's not on the same level as Aaron Rodgers. You you saw a dynasty wide receiver one. What you saw was Zach Wilson. Yeah, that ain't anything. You know, Zach Wilson's just out of it. So Garrett Wilson has been a huge buy in the in the beginning of this offseason when we started this podcast, Mike. But now it's like everyone else has kind of gotten a little bit closer, right? We we were hyped ahead of time. Then it was Olave, then London, and we just kind of keep keep moving in that direction. Some of the things that I found in, in the thread that when I was looking at Drake London and Chris Olave, it's like you look at wide receivers who eclipsed 80 plus points or PFF grade and 22% target share. We're looking at 2014, OBJ and Mike Evans. 2020, Justin Jefferson. 2021, Jamar Chase. And in 2022, Wilson, Olave, and London. I mean, let's 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 fast forward a little bit since we're talking about these guys in the same tier. When I tell people they're trading Jefferson or Chase, I need to have one of these three guys or CeeDee Lamb or Waddle or A.J. Brown. How much more on top of, you know, like there's one situation a guy offered me, uh, 106 and Garrett Wilson for Justin Jefferson, and it just didn't quite feel right. Let's talk a little bit about the value difference between Jefferson and Chase and then these three guys. We'll start with you, nerd boy. I mean, how much, if you're selling Jefferson, which is a hard thing to do, you know, if you're selling, how much more do you need on top to get Wilson, London, London or Olave? Um, so JJ to Wilson would probably need the 103. Yeah, I'm I, I'm right on feels the right same page. Yep, that feels fine to me. I think that's what know, I told Wilson the guy. 103. Yep. Um, if we're doing Olave, I think I would. Man, I don't want to say 101. Um, it does two get it done? Because 101s, they're not going to give you 101. Does two get it done? Yeah, I would say so. 103 and a like the 204, 205 or something, yeah. you know, like yeah. a mid, a mid second on top of that. Because, like we said, we said there's a mid second between. Or we said a late to mid second between Wilson and Lave, so that mm-hmm. that would actually kind of pan out for me. Um, yeah. And then London, I would, I would need the one hundred and one, or I would need, um, or I would need maybe the one three and a twenty four first with like a 
24 third coming back on JJ or something. Yep. Um, and that's, that's that, the move where I, if I'm rebuilding, I'm trying to get two 24 first on top of either of them and, and throw something back. You know, where a lot of people are really worried about moving off Justin Jefferson, but Justin Jefferson has put himself in a position where he's like one of the elite quarterbacks, you know, and we talk about when you want to move off of Josh Allen to get Justin Fields plus when you want to move back off of, you know, and move and accumulate that value when you're in a rebuild. I think Jefferson as great as he is. I mean, he's in uncharted territory. He's the wide receiver one, not even a question chases that is, is two now, you know, we used to talk one, a one B. I don't think you can argue it anymore. Jefferson is the one, but if you move back and get two firsts, and you know one of them's mid, I think that is a great trade to move to Alave or or London because when you're talking about there are only six guys that have done this in the past, these three guys are in that same area. You just can't overlook that, Snoop. Yeah, exactly. And the, these guys need context behind what they've done because all three of them did it with Andy Dalton, Marcus Mariota, Zach Wilson, yes. Mike White, Desmond Ritter. See whoever the Strover guy was throwing the football at some point, and Joe Flacco. So you that, made that name up. Hard, I bet you maybe one of those quarterbacks out of everyone I just named gets snaps in 2023, and it's going to be Desmond Ritter. So that just goes to show how bad they were, and that goes to show how good these wide receivers were, because rookie wide receivers don't typically produce unless they're an elite level talent. Garrett Wilson would have been a Jamar Chase level rookie if he had a good quarterback like Joe Burrow and I'm so confident in that so if had he have been going to a good place where he got good quarterback play people would be arguing Garrett Wilson locked in wide receiver three ish with a 1300 yard receiving uh, season under his belt as a true rookie so that's why he won the offensive rookie of the year and that's why he cracked 1100 with four bums so <laughs> with four, I like there it with the values though I and- need those early first to move off of those top tier guys to move back to the Garrett Wilson's and the Olave's in London. So I want to talk JSN a little bit because you guys both love him. And as I'm starting to, you know, dive into that thread and then research a little bit, you're looking at yards per route run, which is obviously a clear indicator of production. Chris Olave was fourth in the NFL as a rookie in the last four years. AJ Brown, 2.75 per route run. Jefferson, 2.67. Chase, 2.66. Olave, 2.51. I have now moved it where... I have Alave over JSN, but I have JSN over London. Nerd Boy, would you agree with that at this point? Because I think we've slowly, we had him at 105, and then we moved him up to 104, and now I feel like he's mentally worth a 103, but if I need a quarterback, I'm not making that move. You know, and it, we're in that weird 3-4 area. Yeah, that's that's pretty much where I'm at. I think I was probably one of the guys that was a little lower on Olave than you know, you and Monk for a little while there. Um, I think I would probably take him over JSN currently, although it's it's probably a lot closer for me. Because um, I landing I spot will be huge. I mean, what's the landing spot for JSN that you just be like, nope, not even a question. Chargers, as far as not even a question, like we're that, that he would over. be that guy. Yeah, he would take over both of them. Yeah, Chargers would rate. Um, Oh my God. Who's looking right now? Um, Giants. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Houston. Even then I might still. Oh, Houston is, is a, oh man, that one gets me excited, right? Like, so Stroud goes two or, or young goes two. And then you, oh man, that, leave it it a Houston to take Mayo coffee boy. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. Like, you know, Zoltan did a, a post the other actually I think it was today where Houston passing up a QB but still take, still taking Jen and then thought of you know Davis Mills David Mills throwing yeah. I can't remember if it's Davis or David but it Mills it's throwing Davis, yeah. Yeah, Davis no throwing, throwing balls to JSN all year um it's it doesn't feel good so yeah yeah that's still burned yeah, in my brain it would probably be Caleb Williams, though, in 2024, if you think about it like that. I know. That's like the, yeah. You get the discount for a year. You know what I mean? So Let, Let's yeah, move on makes, to our next guy. Window. Absolutely. The next guy, we, we all kind of were high on him. Obviously, a disappointing rookie season with 33 receptions and 444 yards. Traylon Burks just 
criminally underused right now you know on the value chart i have him in that 107 to 110 range it's really varied you know like i think the community is really all over the place on on Traylon burks snook i mean there's a lot of rumor tennessee might take jsn tennessee might take another wide receiver where do we have Traylon burks as far as as your value right now like where do you see him valued in rookie picks and should we be worried about another guy coming in there i mean is Traylon burks the guy that complements well with someone else or does he need to be the alpha coming out he, he was definitely a true alpha x wide receiver he's he's great after the catch so i i think that he's someone that needs a little more context kind of post draft if, if they take jsn there i'm definitely gonna be a lot lower on him than i am right now i have him as like a high-end wide receiver two in dynasty so he's top 20 top 20 ish for me his landing spot and his situation in Tennessee just absolutely sucks. So that's the only thing that it's kind of tricky. You kind of got to pull your strings there. 34-year-old Tannehill throwing him the football. I see mocks, them trading up, taking a quarterback. Hopefully something like that happens or they figure something out. But worse comes worse. Tannehill's throwing the ball. Burke showed a lot of good flashes last year. He sized up Alexander. He sized up the Eagles on that nice play downfield. So he played a little bit of both this year, a lot in the screen game, a lot downfield. So he was just showing off that talent that he showed us at Arkansas. So I most definitely think that Traylon Burks is a talented prospect. He was an elite prospect coming out. And he's the wide receiver 27 on keep trade cut right now. So I think that's a smash value. If I can get him for that price, I will. I'll give up late first all day in 2023, as long as it's not like a Jameer Gibbs or something like that. I'll trade Zach Charbonnet for Traylon Burks all day long. And I know you guys don't want to hear that, but I would. And I think Traylon Burks is a good buy and most definitely being overlooked in the community for sure. Nerdboy got a, an alert there on his phone. It was like, hey, it was Tra- Traylon Burks value. Let's say what's his value peak wise that you've seen? Because for me, it's like I, I've seen seven, but I feel like you're not going to get higher than that in this class. Also, minimum value. Like, where do you see him? So they don't draft a, a wide receiver. What's he worth? They do take a JSN, a Flowers, you know, a guy that's projected first round or first 40 picks. What does he fall to as far as value? Because I feel like it's going to be in flux here for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I think he's steadily at the 108, 109 range right now. And I think mm-hmm. if you have some panicking managers out there that they do draft, you know, a – a high-end wide receiver. Um, I think you could probably get him for the 202, 203. Um, it probably slide all the way back there, uh, depending on what they take. Because Burks is, I've said this before, but he's a bigger Debo. You know, he's a yak monster. He's somebody that can get a lot. He was working on a manufactured touches, so someone that you know he could he could be used properly will have amazing amazing value um but i don't know if tennessee plans on using him that way which is um starting to scare me a little bit because they yeah they, they tried to turn AJ, him in AJ oh yeah they, they, they tried to turn, turn him into AJ Brown. yeah instead of letting yeah. him be debo samuel type and I, i'm totally on board with that um if you believe in Traylon burks and you have london or alave can you get a 24 first on top i i think you can if you get in those situations and and that might be a way to insulate again if you're in a rebuilding team nerd boy do you think that's a feasible trade you know if someone comes to you especially london you say hey man i'll give you uh drake london for the one of you know 24 first and and traylon burks smash or pass yeah i would i would smash that um just because of the pure value um, especially with the 24 class coming up. And, um, you know, I've, I've been talking about this a lot um, recently of just the value that you're going to get one through 12 next, next season. I know everyone says next year, next year, next year, um, but there is, it will be next year in, in 10 days. It will be next year. And we knew last year when you were buying those 23 first that right now it's top six draft capital, you know, those first what 101 through 106 are going into what, top four rounds, and then the rest of them are going in rounds five or six. 2024 is going to be the same way. So if you look at that, like players in that range, you're getting, you know, the same value as say like a Jerry Judy type automatically added to your trade. So if you make those insulated trades, 
2024 is going to be just as hot as 2023. Yeah. I mean, we're looking at, you know, three top tier quarterbacks, um, at least three high end running backs and then two high end wide receivers. So right there, you know, it's pretty much chalk one through, you know, that's, that's pretty good odds for me. Um, so I, I'd probably take that 24 first and, and Burks for London all day, to be honest. And I don't want to get off topic, but the, talking about the 24 first, you got your rookie drafts coming up. Everyone wants to pick, right? Like people got those 24 first. All my leagues, it's like you're sitting there at 108, you know, and Charbonnet just went at seven, and you're like, I don't really love anybody here. Someone in your league is going to want that pick. So you can get an Alvin Kamara in a 24 first for that 108, or you can get one of these veterans and, and insulate yourself to a point where – you are going to be able to get just as much value into next year's class and get yourself some production. So, guys, don't be afraid to start shopping that once you get on the clock because people are going to fall in love more with these rookies. Uh, rookie that we fell in love with last year that was going in that 7-9 range. Only one catch on the season, not exactly what we were looking for, but it was a boom. You know, that was kind of a preview of things to come. A lot of people think, other people say, you know, hey, I don't think Jamison Williams is going to supplant Amon Ross St. Brown. Like there, I do not see that. I see a lot of people just throwing that out there. I feel like that's just just pure jargon. You're just throwing that out there. But at 2020, people forget J-Mo balled out. 79 receptions, 1,500 yards, 15 touchdowns. Electric. They put the ball in his hands. I mean, Detroit offense is fun. Snoog, how close is Jamison Williams to that tier of those guys we were talking about with Alave, London, and Wilson. I mean, how close is he last year? And should we be putting him back up there again? He wasn't close for me last year and he's still not close for me now. So I, I just think they're, those three guys are so much more versatile and they're so much more um, polished as players than JMO. JMO is a great deep threat and he's an electrifying player, like you mentioned, but he's going to re- rely on too much efficient play. And I, that's not a guy that I want as a top tier talent. You get guys like Jalen Waddle that get away with that, but Jalen Waddle just has a, a new level of route running and elite short area quickness that JMO just doesn't have. So it's tough with JMO. He's a great NFL player and his speed does not lie on tape. He has game breaking speed. But in terms of touching London, Olave, or Garrett Wilson, I just he's just not there for me. He never was. Last year I was scooping him up everywhere in in rebuilding teams because you go after the guys that aren't going to put up production, right? Nerd boy, right now, Jamison Williams, I'm seeing in that 109 to 111 range, very similar to where Traylon Burks is, maybe a hair underneath. And is he a buy at that price for you? Or is this someone we should consider maybe kicking the tires to sell? Because I, I talk a lot with Zoltan about it, where this is a guy that I don't own a lot of shares of. There's certain wide receivers. It doesn't mean that they're not good. I just don't own Jamison Williams. I have one share across all of my leagues, and that was where I traded Cooper Cup for uh, for Jamison Williams in a 24 first because I'm in a year one punt. Yeah, I I think he's not a buy or a sell currently. You know, I don't think that he's done anything to make him a buy. Um, I think he's a little more overvalued than where he's right now. Um, right. He did it's more just hype, right? Nothing. And it's just, yeah, it's exactly what it is. So he's, he's, hard, he's hard to buy for me because mm-hmm. of the lack of production. Um, you know, I think it's just unwarranted value that he has. Now. But um, I don't think he makes him a sell either because I think he's going to go up a little higher. Um, yeah. It doesn't have to do much to even go higher either. He has I to mean, have if, a, if a one catch game. makes it where every time I put my rankings out there and say he's worth the 111, people are like, yo, that's just that's just foolish. And I'm like, and he still he played five games. He had one catch. It was a beautiful catch. It was forty-one yard touchdown. But I, I I think Jamison Williams, you're right, is is neither a buy nor a sell. But at the same time, someone in your league is going to get enamored with him. And I think if I could trade him for, if I could get one seven, one eight, maybe even one nine, I I think I'd reset the clock and and go after some of these other young upside guys. In the same tier, in a totally different manner is Christian Watson. So Christian Watson a lot of times was going in this 1-9 to 112 range last year. Christian Watson from weeks 10 to 18 was a wide receiver one. I mean, 584 yards, eight touchdowns. And now they were saying Aaron Rodgers is leaving, which Aaron Rodgers, we've already talked about 
wasn't the most elite quarterback anymore. And now Jordan Love's there. So, nerd boy, I mean, Watson feels like, I feel like you could get Christian Watson plus for Jamison Williams, which shouldn't happen based off what we've seen already. But then talk a little bit about Jordan Love because, man, I mean, he, he's starting to become a buy for me because I think we're just not seeing the, the writings on the wall. Obviously, he's going to be the starter and he's got some upside. Yeah, I like Love as a player prospect that, you know, he he did flash in college. Um, he got that DC, and he's definitely going to get a shot. So I, I just don't know what to expect in that, that offense. You know, like the, the times that he got in there, he did flash a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, he has played decently well, and he actually showed some chemistry with Watson in that game that he came in for with, I don't remember what game that was specifically, but he came in with Roger and he threw a touchdown to Watson almost immediately. Um, I, I don't think that Watson takes the dip that most people think he's going to take. Um, I expect a little, you know, regression when it comes to touchdowns. Cause I think he was, I how many touchdowns is on the year have it open eight. right now? But he had eight, you yeah. know, that's, I don't see that happening again. Um, you know, I think he'll probably have in the four or five touchdown range of next year, uh, but possibly more yards if it's healthy for the whole year. Um, I I don't know. I think he's definitely a buy for me if he's being valued below JMO. Um, I would gladly take Christian Watson for Jamison right now. Um, I just don't know what that plus would, would look like because Watson's at the 111 range and i think jamo's probably at the the 109 range so you yeah, probably get at him. best you get like a two fourth or two three flop you know maybe a little bit yeah. of switch like that or you know that, one thing that, I, fine with that yeah one of those moves that i'm talking about with like snoog quite a bit is like when you make those those flops instead of that two three swap give them a three and get alvin kamara you know who i think is you know in that range snoog the list of wide receivers, and this comes from my boy Andrew Erickson, who we've had on the podcast, list of wide receivers in 22 that finished inside the top 15 in both Yak per receptions and ADOT. There's just one guy. It's Christian Watson. So why is he so cheap? I, I think it goes to show that his, his talent doesn't really necessarily relate to being a volume guy, kind of similar to Jamison Williams. But this is where it gets tricky because I think both of those guys, like if Christian Watson can do it, then so can Jamison Williams. Because I think Jamison Williams is a better football player than Christian Watson is. So I prefer Jamison Williams. I actually think Christian Watson's a sell. So I'm opposite of you guys. I'm not high on him, really. I think he's a good football player. Losing Rodgers definitely hurts. And I do think at 15, the Packers could very easily maybe get a JSN or maybe get a Quentin Johnson or a Jordan Addison that would instantly come in and be the better wide receiver. So now you're looking at he's in that kind of wide receiver two-ish range on his own team, losing his quarterback, things like that. He's not a volume guy. If Addison comes in, he's 100% going to outproduce Christian Watson from day one just because he's going to be that slot guy that's quickly getting open and hogging receptions. So I'm not saying he's not a good football player because he is. This class is loaded with talent, but he's on the sell spectrum for me. I'd rather Jamison Williams, if I could get Jamison Williams for Christian Watson, I would. Detroit's offense is great. It's growing. I think if I think Christian Watson's success says a lot for Jamison Williams and what the future could bring. So I think JMO could be a good wide receiver too. Christian Watson just doesn't have the situation as much as I think Detroit can support JMO as the wide receiver too on his own team behind him on Ross St. Brown. I like it. That's a good vibe. I think when we get into the rookie draft, if you have you know, early second, and you can kind of get some of these guys because people want to cash in. I mean, if you can go after those guys or either of the next two wide receivers here. Uh, Nerd Boy, I see two wide receivers who ultimately have similar type value, but I don't look at the two the same. I mean, George Pickens and Jahan Dotson are both going in that same 111 to 201 range, and they're very different wide receivers. Who do you prefer out of the two and why? Um, I'm going to take Dotson because I think Dotson is has the more complete profile as far as um, his skill set goes. Yeah. You know, he he is he he plays vertical, but he also is all over the field. You know, he gets some slot work in. Um, he's got great footwork. 
Um, you know, he um, can finish plays. You know, he, he can go through contact. Um, I think Pickens is nice in the sense that, um, you know, he, he has that big playability, but he doesn't really offer much, you know, underneath play he doesn't really you know get those, those small um plays that really benefit ppr scoring and um he's really more boomer bust where dotson can have a really strong floor um as well as the same ceiling if not a little higher to be yeah, honest I mean, so you have to be boom bust when you look at warren sharp put out the most go routes last year George Pickens, 221. The next closest, Mike Evans, 177. You know, he, he he was great in contested catches, but Kenny Pickett's strong point is not the deep ball. It really isn't. So that kind of puts him in a, an interesting type situation. 52 receptions. He led third most in the NFL with 19 contested catches. But Jahan Dotson, you look at what he was able to do, and he's in that same area where we talk about, you know, top 10 wide receivers in, in yards per and Jahan Dotson's right up there with A.J. Brown and a little bit under Christian Watson. Snoog, same question for you. Is it Jahan Dotson or, or Pickens? Because this is one where I feel like you get the right fan of each one and people are willing to overpay for both. I think Dotson has the safer floor. I think Pickens has much more upside. I like both of these guys over Christian Watson, though. So I'm flipping Christian Watson for these guys plus all day. Same with Jamison Williams. I'll take both of these guys plus for J-Mo and Christian Watson. I think you definitely can get a plus there, and that's yeah, you, for sure. Sure can. I've done it um, in a league recently. Actually, I got George Pickens and the two oh seven for Christian Watson. I think, or maybe the two oh eight. And it was an orphan I took over. I had Christian Watson on the team. I didn't like him, so I flipped him. As easy as that. But Nerd Boy nailed it. Pickens excels downfield, and he's a great playmaker, especially in those contested catch it areas. Um, he's a spectacular catch freak as well. We saw that one-handed catch against the Browns and a lot of the smooth kind of toe-tap sideline up and over the receiver through contact catches he made all his rookie year. People have to remember, too, George Pickens is a year off of an ACL tear. He tore that ACL, came back for the national championship game. So this was his first full year healthy. Um, he also ran a 4 40 so he shows off that athleticism. But he's a really good player. He is what he is. He's great downfield. I think he has a, a lot of touchdown upside if Pickett can put it together or if they find a quarterback that can put it together. So get, if yeah. That's the big if. So that's, if Pickett can put it together. That's so, where his value comes yeah. into play. <laughs> On Smash Except last year, I was saying, you know, before he became the starter, I was paying a 24 first for Kenny Pickett, you know, and I, I bought him for that in a lot of areas. And now I'm getting a lot of Kenny Pickett questions. So, I mean, obviously he's he's put on some weight. He's put on some muscle. Um, he's got the wide receivers around him. My, I'm on a firm stance right now where I'm using Kenny Pickett, kind of like I'm doing with Trey Lance's. I'm using him as capital to move up a tier or down a tier and see where we're at. I mean, I think, you know, like we were talking about where I moved 102 and Lance to get to Hertz. I would gladly move 103 and Pickett to move up to – a Watson or a, a, a Kyler or, you know, something in that range. Nerd boy, what do you, what do you think about Kenny Pickett? Cause I get the question all the time. Like he almost feels like Mac Jones the year before. And I, I mean, I like them both as quarterbacks, but the, the set resale value on Mac Jones hasn't caught up. The resale value on Kenny Pickett is almost not what it's worth in a startup. Yeah. Kenny Pickett to me, it, Mac Jones is pretty good as far as a comp goes. Um, I think he's a great, you know, QB three to have on yes. a dynasty team. But you don't feel um, good as a two, right? Like you look at him as your two and tell me you're not trying to trade. Yeah. I mean, I would definitely try to try to trade up. Um, but you and I would, I would try to, you know, add a pick to him and, and get up into another tier. Um, he had, uh, yeah, I, I don't feel great about him. You know, he's he's going to be in that love Mac Jones tier for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost would rather love the un, unproven, unsured um, asset. I made an as, offer today for that. I offered, I offered a guy, Kenny Pickett, and a 24-third for uh, Jordan Love in the 204. And he hasn't gotten back to me yet, but like the idea about six months ago would have sounded ludicrous, but I, I'm on board with you there completely. 
Well, cause we, we were talking about this on the pod where we had, you know, Lamar, um, love and, um, who Lance. was the third one that were Lance. <laughs> Lance. We forgot about him already. Right. Oh man. I'll never forget about Lance Bay, <laughs> but I, yeah, because people value love over Pickett right now, and I think that's pretty valid um, because I think love offers a little more upside um, with his arm, his arm strength, and, and the way that he plays. So, um, I mean, he's like I said, he's a good QB3, um, but I would try to move up into a different tier if he was my QB2 for sure. Yeah, Snoog, I mean, if you're contending right now, I feel like you got to try to make a move to move Pickett to get – Cousins, Wilson, Goff. If you're if you're rebuilding, I feel like you almost have to use. I, I suggested to a guy the other day, give the 112 and pick it to get 103 and see what happens. You know, like 104, 105, get up into that elite tier. How do you feel about Kenny Pickett? I mean, I I, I know you were a little bit more bullish on Pickens. Are you on Pickett? No, and I think I think he has the upside of a like a um, game manager. I think his upside's like a Jimmy G type ish but I'm, I'm not super high on him at all I, I think he has bad decision making and he doesn't have a great arm talent but he, he is a baller and he does care about football a lot and he has the heart so that, that goes a lot to show kind of what the type of player he is mm-hmm. so maybe there is upside there if he keeps working getting in the gym he's loaded with rep- weapons he's surrounded by great guys so that's a good team to be the quarterback for I, th- I think Pickens will help him kind of excel with that deep ball downfield. Like you said, that's one of his weak points. I think it has to go <laughs> that he wears gloves and he has small hands. Maybe it's hard to throw the football, but <laughs> he can't grip him. I- I'm I'm a big Howell guy. I, I kind of like Howell over Pickett. I think as a talent, and I think you get a plus there too. So I mean, yeah, I would go so for that route. I would kind of lean for Howell, but I'd take like guys like Carr, Cousins, Goff, Russ mm-hmm. plus if you can get a plus over Pickett. Sticking with the Steelers here, I mean, Allen Robinson gets traded there today. The The biggest takeaway for me there is, I mean, a lot of people are trying to say, yo, Allen Robinson is going to have a resurgence, and I don't think that's a, a thing. But I think it's really big for Deontay Johnson and George Pickens because there was rumor that they were they were interested in in Flowers and in Downs and a couple other guys. Now now you have to realize that they're probably going to wait till mm-hmm. day two, day three, yeah. or maybe even further to address that position. So we talked about guys that hit, right? Those, aside from picking pickets there, I mean, the rest of those guys hit pretty well. We know the first round's about a 50% hit rate. Last year was a little bit better, unless you didn't listen to Smash Except and you went with some of these guys. So the big guy that I have zero shares on and that I was – Say, listen, let's let's not do this. Is Sky Moore, Sky Moore last year, and James Cook? Those guys both were just flying up draft boards. The literal literal definition of drafting a guy based off his situation. James Cook was a nice player in college, but then he ends up moving in a lot of drafts. I saw him go as high as, oh, I really need a running back, so I'm going to take him over Chris Olave. And you're like, wow, like. Don't draft need, draft value here. Sky Moore, the same thing. I mean, we were not expecting, what, 22 catches for 250, no touchdowns. You know, that that's not what you were expecting. Uh, Nerd Boy, a lot of people are trying to predict breakouts for both of these guys. I don't personally see it. I'm not interested in buying either of them. You know, I would be willing to sell anything 204 to 206 for either of them right now. Talk to me a little bit about how you see them because – in the, I'm seeing a lot of dynasty analysts really trying to prop up Sky Moore as a breakout candidate. You didn't see it year one, and they're just trying to predict someone's going to be that guy. A lot of people saying with James Cook after Damian Harris signs, it's like, well, he's got to be the guy. So are either of these guys going to break out in 2023, and what are you willing to pay? No. Thank you. <laughs> Every Just no. Oh, no. I'm not buying them. I don't think they're breaking out. I think – I actually think there's a good chance that Damian Harris is a better fantasy back than James Cook next year, just as is. Like I think with the way that they play offense, I think he's probably going to get all the goal line carries and all the short short yardage um, carries as well. And, um, you know, they're in the goal line a lot, and they're probably going to try to prevent Josh Allen um, from doing those little lunges at the goal line that he loves to do. Um, so I think Damien Harris probably falls into the end zone a lot and probably yeah. becomes the, the back that you want to own um, for fantasy purposes in that, that team. Um, 
Sorry, I could see ahead. him having 12 plus touchdowns, no questions asked. But on the flip yeah. side, I mean, James yeah. Cook now in four years of college and a year in the pros has never had a game of over 15 carries, and you're not going to see that. You know, like I just don't think James Cook is that guy that everybody wants him to be. It's just a matter of where he was, you know, and 21 receptions in 16 games as a rookie is not what we're talking about as a PPR dynamo where a lot of people say, you know, I said I would love to see Jameer Gibbs in Buffalo, and everybody's like, oh, he's just another James Cook. Jameer Gibbs is not James Cook. Jameer Gibbs is another level of what James Cook is, Snoog. And I, I, I think, you know, are you willing to go out there and buy? I think the going rate has to be 204 to 208, I would think. I would sell in that range, Snoog. Are you buying or are you selling James Cook for a mid-second? I'm taking any second I can get for James Cook. And along with guys like Brian Robinson and stuff like that. Yeah, he's next all those there. guys. We have a loaded running back class coming in to ruin guys like Pacheco, Brian Robinson, James Cook. Just get them off your team. Take any second you can get all day. I'm selling. Very definitive. Same with Sky Moore. I mean, I, I, I think Sky Moore, we get into this area where these guys still have a name cachet, right? But I use them as capital. So I'm, I'm adding a second to Sky Moore to get player X. You know, I'm trying to make sure I move in that direction because you can't go backwards. You're not going to get much for a Sky Moore, but if you add to him, you might be able to still find a fan or two that are still, you know, believing in that prospect. You talked about Brian Robinson. I think he's definitely a firm sell. I would even take the 212. You know, I think you, you could possibly get Roshan Johnson or some guys like that. I'm so excited to see where these running backs land. Like that's everything, right? Everybody's coming to you and they're like, what about Zach Evans? What about Sean Tucker? What about this guy? You're like, we have to wait after Charbonnet. Every night. After Charbonnet, you have to wait. Nerd Boy and I, I think we're we're really early on announcing Charbonnet as our 107, and the the community's caught up to that. Now everyone else is like, let's find out who that next guy is in that next group. The one running back we have to talk about are two guys here. For me, Tyler Algier. I, I really think there's a strong case that Bijan goes there. I, I do, but even if he doesn't, I mean, Algier is any second as well for me. I mean, I know that sounds awkward to a lot of people. A th- over a thousand yards, over 139, re- you know, receiving yards, four touchdowns. He played really well, but he's super replaceable in comparison to if they take Charbonnet, if they take even a Zach Evans, if they take. There's so many guys in this class that I would prefer over Tyler Algiers. At uh, Similar type thought process, nerd boy. I mean, are we are we selling him for any second, or are we just using him again for like capital to try to move around? Yeah, I mean, any second, or I would I would try to add a little bit to him to move up a couple tiers um, because I think he was his DC take somebody in the round, and, and that person would already be um, more valuable to that team DC wise than he is right now. So, um, I mean, he. He was very successful. I think he'll have a role on the team, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think he'll be the the workhorse that he was um, by any means. And I don't think he's going to be in the league in the next five years either. He'll probably yeah. be a kind of a journeyman, like we see out. Um, we see, uh, you know, a lot of these low DC guys are. They're going to bounce around a team team and and kind of hope for you know somebody to get injured so they get into the the, the game here and there. Yeah. But um, he increased any, any the value. Second. Yeah, like the percentage rate hit rate for fourth and fifth rounders in their dynasty startups went up because of him. Um, but I think I get looked at like I have two heads when I say I would sell Tyler Algiers and the two, 205 to get to 202. And I know that sounds crazy, but I feel like two, 201, 202, 203 are going to have running backs that get Kendra Miller goes to Dallas or, you know, the right guy goes to the right situation. And you're just like, all right, I got to have that guy. And Tyler Algiers is going to be someone that's just used to move up a couple of spots. On the flip side, Snoog, Damian Pierce. Okay, Damian Pierce was someone last year on the podcast. Everyone's saying, hey, go buy him for a 23 first. Not on Smash Except. We said no first. No 23 first, no 24 first. Damian Pierce was the only running back to average over 19 touches and not finish inside the top six. Snoog, he finishes the RB27, and a lot of people feel like that's a good thing. Yeah, I'm not a big Pierce guy. I think he's a sell as well, along with the rest of these guys. 
this is a loaded running back class coming in. We've mentioned it time after time. They're going to steal a lot of people's roles. If they're going to make a lot of people's roles difficult in that jeopardy. So I'm selling Pierce. He's a good hard runner, very, very physical runner, but he doesn't have that receiving upside. And Houston's just loaded up with good draft capital. I mean, they're in position to take Jameer Gibbs with their early second round pick. And then they have thirds. They got so many picks that they can just draft like a Zach Evans or Kendra Miller third round, maybe even like a Roshan Johnson that'll come in, instantly be the better back. I'm off Damian Pierce all of 2023. Get him off your team. Aim for like an early early to mid-second. 201 to 205-ish is what I would want for him. I like it. Let's have a little bit of fun now. So let's 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 redraft this class. Nerd Boy, I'm going to give you the one pick. Uh, we're going to do it linear instead of snake, so that way we're all talking about our guys and just any last you know, last stitch there. So you go one, Snoog, you go two, I'll go three. You're on the clock. It's 2022. We got a time machine, you know, kind of like uh, Back to the Future. Biff comes back with the book. Who are you taking at the one? It's Garrett Wilson, man. Give me Garrett Ooh. Wilson at the one. I, that's who Ooh. I'm taking. I'm taking him one all day. Ooh, all over day. Breeze. Yeah. All day. Over Breeze. Give me Garrett Wilson. I'm always right. going to take the wide receiver. Give me the wide receiver, man. Okay. All right. All right, give me Brees Hall at two. Uh, why you got Why you gotta do that, man? Why you gotta do, <laughs> well, you're gonna make my job difficult here on like the two guys I just made threads on. Uh, give me, give me Chris Olave slightly above Kenneth Walker. I've I've moved good into man, that you're range. A good yeah, man. I was like, it was so close. It really was like splitting hairs. But I think Olave is really. I think he's gonna enter that top five to eight wide receiver range overall, and I, I think he just stays in there for the next several years. Nerd boy, back to you at four. Uh, I got to go Walker a little. Eh, yeah, Walker yeah. slightly over <laughs> right now. It's close. Not even close. close for me, but yeah, I got to go Walker. Okay. I'm going to take Drake London. Drake so London I, at five. Now I feel like this is where we get a little bit tricky, right? So now we got like six. You got to choose. Uh, all right. Okay. I'll take Traylon Burks. You twisted my arm. I love Traylon Burks. I think he's he's good value there. He's It's pretty much – and the thing that you got to look at is like when you're looking at last year to this year, this is pretty much the same. I mean, a lot of these guys are in that same area as long as you're listening. And I'm, I'm excited to do our podcast right after the draft because – then we're going to be able to hit you guys up with, if you look at the first round that we did last year as a mock between John Mung and I, it's pretty darn accurate. We all had Sky Moore outside that top 12. We had, you know, it was it was almost spot on. Um, Nerd Boy, we're at seven now. Uh, I'm going JMO for seven. I, would you trade? Well, we might make a trade later, you know, get get Burks on top, yeah, get JMO I'll, on top. Yeah. All right, we're at one eight. Snoog, who's the guy for you here? I'm taking George Pickens at eight. Ben Thank on you. that upside. Thank you, because this is where you, you and I have been vibing. We're almost on the same page, and I, I like Watson over Pickens. I really do. I, I think I'll take Watson there at one oh nine, and you know, very similar to where he was going last year. One ten. Let's close out the last three here. Ten, eleven, and twelve. All right, give me give me Dotson at one ten. I'm this is where take, it gets, gets tricky ahead. now. Gets tricky. As long as I'm not forgetting anybody, I'm gonna take Kenny Pickett at 111. Oh man, we he was just falling down the board. But I, I last year I've seen him go. I saw him go 101 in one league. Oh. But I've seen him. Yeah, the guy traded Justin Fields straight up for the 101, and then took. I was like, oh, he's going for Brees Hall, and then he went Kenny Pickett. I'm like, woo! I got to go. What's that? He went, what, he went pick at 101? Yes. I. He said I needed a quarterback. And I said, well, you traded Justin Fields, man. Hey, not a good – not a good <laughs> I say to enjoy the process, but that's a process that you're going to just have nightmares over for a long time. Don't don't go too crazy off consensus. At 112, I, I know we were kind of, you know, down on him there and kind of giving him a bad – bad look but i'm going to take damian pierce at 112 there um i don't see anybody else that's necessarily jumping into that uh i love when i put the thread out when you guys were like talking in the group chat where someone wrote brian robinson or antonio gibson you both put nope <laughs> it's it's someone <laughs> else you know brian so. robinson stinks <laughs> so bad i hate come on. Like that yeah but yeah, he, he had a bad 
He got, he got shot. Sh- Everyone. He did get shot in the leg, and then I came know, but for fifty cent. Fifty cent, man. Like that was it. Many men. He was a pimp for that, but that he's was bad. The best part of his year for sure, dude. But I've still have, yeah. I still have. That's you know, gonna be the highlight of his career. <laughs> I love oh, man. it. So let's let's close it up here. <laughs> um, both you guys, like, what do you? What's the dream landing spot going forward? We talked about these guys, and some of them hit the right landing spot. Tell me one prospect and what that dream landing spot is for you. Snoog, I'll start with you. Like, who's that guy you just have to see go to the right spot? Can I do quarterbacks too, or am I kind of keeping it similar to the 2022 <laughs> class? What's that? Can I do quarterbacks too, or should I kind of keep it similar to like the 2022 class? Oh, you can do whatever you want with that. My dream realistic landing spot that I think is a possibility of happening would be Jameer Gibbs to the Bengals. I think that he's oh, that's his favorite. He's already going to go there. Plus seven, yeah, he's plus 700 on FanDuel. That's his favorite as of right now for where he'll get drafted. I took him at, I think it was plus 1,500 when I got in. I put like 10 bucks on it to pay like 150 a while back to go to the Bengals. So I'm kind of bang, banking on that now. Hopefully that's where he goes. That's my favorite spot, though, to kind of fill in that Joe Mixon, Samaj P. Ryan role is a elite pass catcher and runner and the best offense in the NFL. I like it. Nerd boy. Who's that guy for you? Like, where do you want to see one of your guys? You know, it doesn't have to be a top tier guy. Just where do you want to see someone go? Uh, I want to see Addison go to the chargers because I, you know, Heinz, um, you know, Keenan and he's, he's starting to age out a little bit and Mike Williams, they're both riddled with injuries all year. Um, and I think Addison would quickly become um, maybe maybe Justin Herbert's favorite target. You know the way he plays out of the slot there. Uh, I think that he would be an immediate you know contender for wide receiver of the class if he gets that landing spot. So I'm I'm really praying that that's that's what we're looking at um, come draft day. I want to see uh, Bijan to the Colts. No, Bijan to the Eagles, baby. That's just that's a little bit of a homer take. But thanks again for tuning in, guys, and enjoy the process.